This is Andy from Mantic Games, and you're listening to the Mantic Universe podcast. So much universe, so little time. Ah, fantastic. It is brilliant, though, isn't it, Danny, when you go to a tournament and you just, you know, make, meet new friends and, uh, you know, you're setting yourself up for future fun, you know? And that's because I do so many tournaments in the area. It's just like, you know, you're always going to get good games because you know the guys that are there. You can look down the list of uh, entrants and you go, oh, it's great because those 10 guys, I know them, I know I'm going to get great games. And then it's always lovely to see like that extra three or four new players that you've not met before. So you know you get a good experience and then you get to meet new people as well. So slowly building up the community and meeting new people. It's great. Hi, this is Alessio Cavatore and you're listening to the Mantic Universe podcast. So many universes, so little time. And when you said, uh, well, when you said demon, demon, my immediate thought was, uh, getting an abyssal fiend, giving it a big hawk's head, like it's been expanded into a massive uh, orc demon, and using that as an extra wing slasher. Yeah. Oh, great idea. So that was my first thought. When you were talking, that I was like, oh, which way is this going to go? Well, listening to you, now I want to do an orc army. So uh, there's a shield wolf miniatures holiday in Copenhagen. We went to a, a random shop. I was like, oh, can we go in here? Look at toy soldiers. They didn't have any like Mantic stuff or anything. I saw these Shield Wolf miniature mountain orcs and they're like ah. proper feral. And uh, so I got a box of them and I've, yeah. it's been like three years and I've not got around to painting them. So I might get them out and uh, paint them up and see where I go from there. I'm supposed to be working on my um, Twilight Kin army at the moment. And I sort of am, but I've got distracted painting up Rift Forge Orcs. I had the army painted, but I wasn't that happy with it. So okay. I've been trying to just make it look a little bit nicer. So, well, I'll, I'll leave the idea with you. If I'm playing Rift Forge Orcs, how can I get involved in this narrative? Because I was thinking maybe they were sent out to, you know, to try and conquer, to sort of bring the Scar Orcs to heal. But maybe there's something a bit more, uh, just a bit more nuanced. Uh, that we can think of. Yeah, yeah. Skarnik has a brother who went on an expedition and never returned. I'm just wondering whether oh, that particular war, I'm just wondering whether that particular war chief went into been on the some rift adventures and comes back. That would be super cool because I think the the rift forgers they're kind of a bit more like the. Um, Oh, gosh, what's it called? They're a bit more like Saruman's orcs, aren't they? They're more heavily yeah. armoured, more disciplined, less tribal. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Chris, Chris, oh. Chris, Chris, Chris. What do you call an orc covered in pastry? Oh. <laughs> an orc pie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was good. Okay. That. What's wrong with you? There you go, the ratings. <laughs> Super. <laughs> but I think, yeah. So, so just to, just to, I mean, what I what I absolutely love about this is, is as we sort of said at the top of the show, it's what happens if you're if you consider yourself a narrative gamer and you go to a competitive environment. It's you know you'd think that is a bit of a desert for you, but it's not at all. It's it can spark ideas if you're just looking for them. So you know after after Walt came back from the tournament, it was sort of okay. What did it, what did it all mean for the Scar Orcs? And leave that with me. I'll just I'll get back to you. And then of course he's he's come across this idea of the the Dark Mistress. I think it was wasn't it? And um, just from one of the games, obviously that was one of the uh, the characters his his uh, his opponent had, and it's just picked up on something he thinks. Is is cool and just run with it it's um it's just super cool to see isn't it to be quite honest yeah it's a lovely example of 
it, it, like I say, there's a scale of gamers. Some people, it's just like a game of chess. Other people, it's a story. There's a big, long sliding scale in between there. Waltz one end, might say a master's player's the other end. We all cross each other somewhere along the line. It's just what you get out of it. And um, it, just because you do one doesn't mean you can't do the other as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, you were talking to a lot of people at the tournament. Did you inspire anybody to maybe narrative up their army a little bit? Did you? I think the people I was playing against, they were already narratively inspired. I mean, I could actually see that in, in their army composition. We had a lot of fun. There was a lot. There wasn't, wasn't silence during the game. I see every tournament as a narrative-rich environment. What's do you do voices game? and sound effects? <laughs> no, because I don't want people think I'm weird. <laughs> I do that even when I'm uh, competitive gaming. Yeah, and I swear at Great. them as well when the bits behave. I'm the master. Yeah. They should do as they're told. And if they roll badly, <laughs> then they're going to get sworn at. It's, oh. it's the oh. the only way to win a campaign is shout, shout, and shout some more. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I save my voices for the audio clips, Danny. But I think but, um, I think as well something something yeah. we've mentioned previously is Kings of War makes an amazing tournament competitive game, but that doesn't mean to say. It's not also. It can't also be a great narrative game, right? Well, that's one of the good things about Kings of War. Um, if you, everybody's going nuts about the old world at the moment, and people are into that because it's got like that long, rich history. I mean, we've got what 10, 12 books out by Wintersar. There's more Gotrek and Felix books out for those two characters than there are for the entire Mantic line, uh, and it's going to take a long time to build up that narrative. So people come into that world and think. This is like this, and the rules are a little bit more complicated to reflect that. But because Mantic's got such, uh, the rules are simple and uncomplicated, that gives a lot of breadth where you can add in your own narrative. Um, so it doesn't have to be this character in this situation, in this way. You can adapt things, you can make things your own as well. It, it's a nice blend. And you, get less pe- and you get less people going, actually, they wouldn't do it like that. It's like, <laughs> and yeah. that's the wrong colour blue. But I, I think we were talking about this, well, and I think previously we sort of agreed that skirmish games, you know, are the best for narrative gaming. But then I was thinking about Kings of War and I was thinking, well, let's say, for example, you've got an infantry regiment. You could think more about who leads that infantry regiment like the character who is you know maybe it's a duke or whatever who is and you can think about the specific characters you know you maybe you have a a, a you know, sort of a prince rupert type leader mm. or you, you know whatever whatever you want to do so again you can focus on specific characters if you want to um in in that way if that makes sense oh. i mean there's even that within the the game itself i mean um there's an abyssal guard unit I can't remember what they're called, the betrayers or something, uh, in the Abyssal unit, where they specifically get vicious against characters. Um, in the Twilight Kin, you can upgrade them to the fleet wardens of this particular ship. Uh, there are narrative aspects within Kings of War, but there's not so much that it takes away from the, the game itself. Mm. So um, there are as- yeah. a lot of aspects like that in the game. And even just using things like magic items, like I was saying with the Godspeakers, they're running around casting fireballs, they love it. Get magic. That um, gives them even more flying power. You, you can make your characters, you can make your units a certain way just by adding uh, things like that. And yeah. even building units, putting in things like banners and different shields. You can uh, 
program in a very specific way just to give it a little bit of narrative flavour. I'm I'm super lucky at the moment. I've got a, a new friend painting up a Northern Alliance army and a new friend painting up a, <laughs> uh, a Night Stalkers army. So, you know, if it, for the last couple of years, I've been, you know, taking my armies to the local shop and, you know, taking a friend with me and going, come on, everyone, come and play this with me. Uh, and uh, having very little success, if I'm completely honest, you know, trying to get people to buy in. It's, it's been difficult. So um, it's brilliant, you know, people, people sending me photos of what they're working on, etc. One of them is a very new, well, sorry, they're both very new painters, one of which is, is basically brand new. And funnily enough, actually, well, one of them is uh, from Melbourne. Super, super nice guy. But it's just, it's so nice to see because he s- sends photos of literally the first model he's ever painted kind of thing. Yep. And, you know, these guys are they're motivated to do stuff. It's just, it's brilliant, you know. And I yeah. think narratively we're really lucky because I'm doing Twilight Kin at the moment. So Night Stalkers and Northern Alliance, that that feels very rich, those three armies together, very, very rich for, story, uh, for, for, for narrative gaming. Super. So, Danny, what are you working on at the moment, just quickly before we wrap up? Uh, I'm off to the Beachhead Tournament down in Bournemouth at the weekend. That's uh, three games of three games of 1995 points on the Saturday, and then two games of 2,300 points on the Sunday. So I'm taking my undead. I'm not taking Lady Alona. I'm afraid. Um, I came fourth last year there, uh, but I've decided to go a bit more punchy. So I've just finished painting up two hordes of zombie trolls and a big rev cav horde. So I got some rev cavnet. Revcav in the um, mystery box. I was like, I know what they can be used for. So uh, I've done them as like hunting packs. I've got loads of little skeleton dogs and some of the skeleton handlers I had spare. So I've done like the cavalry and interspersed with the. So it looks like a, a hunting pack with the dogs running before them. So that'll, that's filled out the big base nicely. And there, uh, taking Morgoth um, in the big unit. I'm taking in the big army. I'm taking a couple of catapults. Uh, got two regiments of ghouls. Uh, with the the Thunderosaurus, so should be fun. They're not really narrative, my undead. They're just like I want to speed paint, and just get a nice big gaming army. I can pick what I want, and but my halflings, I'm doing a bit more narrative scale. So, but Danny, you are a, a little bit you are a super painter, yeah. And mm. isn't it? Funny? I want to put the effort in, but I can't often be bothered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's isn't it funny that suddenly you're playing an undead army? It's very suspicious, Danny. Well, I've had an undead with one of my first Warhammer armies. I. I remember in the days before you had like padded boxes, I used to have Nagash and loads of the old metal one and loads of the old plastic skeletons. And I had to bike two miles to my closest friend to play a game. And that Nagash would just be like, bang, 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 bang in this little cardboard box. And I went from having like 50 skeletons to like eight over the course of two years because they just got smashed to pieces. What I find inexplicable (laughs) is even now, you know, like... Just last week, I went to the local game shop and played. How many people have their beautiful, expensive models in a shoebox or something? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really amazed how little people invest in, you know, getting nice, sturdy boxes. You know, but they're not magnetizing or anything. They're just putting all their models in a shoebox and, you know, carry it to the shop, put it in the, throw it in the car. You know, it'll be all right. Hey, guys, as we're, I'm sorry, Rob, well, I, there's just one more thing I wanted to talk about, but it was not related to the to narrative. Do we want to, do, do we want to wrap that up or are we happy where, where the Scar Orcs are currently? Yeah. Well, to finish off, I think there's only one thing for it. Uh, I think Walt should stand on the table, paint himself green, and shout, "Come and have a go!" If you think you're hard enough. 
<laughs> I'm not going to do that, Danny. Don't laugh at me. I'm serious. But this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's There's a lot of me to paint green. It really, it really was. It really sounds like, though, it's um, it, it was exactly what you were hoping for in terms of a Kings of War tournament. Yeah, it was. It was as a, as an experience. That's that's yeah. brilliant. Thank goodness. You know, when Walt flies, you know, the, from the other side of the world and plays his first game of Kings of War, and you think, oh God, I hope he has a good time. You know. <laughs> I hope he actually enjoys this rather than gets here and goes, eh, I can take it or leave it, you know? <laughs> As we've talked about, it's also the community. The community is a big part of this. Yeah, yeah. It is. And it's a positive community. In that sort of environment, you can, of course you're going to have fun. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, six months ago, I was sat on the steps outside Mantic HQ and all of a sudden this Australian guy is talking to German in German to the French guy <laughs> and the English guy next to me and then the guy from Austria behind chatting German and, and then six months later I'm on a podcast chatting to you after yeah, all this it funny. and there was a Swiss yeah, bloke goes. as well wasn't there <laughs> yeah there was bonkers yeah, yeah. people yeah. from like five different countries all just sat there on the Mantic HQ uh, it's fantastic sweating how, yeah <laughs> oh god it was hot but it's fantastic how the community all comes together I mean I listen to podcasts all the way from like Counter Charge as well. People all over the world, and we've all got the same loves and the same interests. And it's nice that we've got something like the internet. Oh my god, that made me sound old. I think other game systems as well. I think if it's easy to get a game, you you don't you simply don't have to be so nice. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. um, you know if you have a if you don't have a great experience with someone, oh well, never mind. I'll I'll play someone else next week. Doesn't really matter. Mm. Whereas something like Kings of War with a relatively small community, uh, yes, we do. What you know, don't get me wrong, we do want to be nice to each other, but it it really does force you to uh, to really make the extra effort. I think because it is you know often if someone writes on let's say for example on the Facebook group and says, hey, I'm new to the game. Um, it's very easy to, to, you know, in your busy day to ignore that message rather than say, hey, welcome. And, mm. you know, how can I help? And put your, put your hand up. So changing the subject. Um, but, well, th- but, and sorry, well, thank you so much for putting that together and going to so much. But I tell you what, I think Danny is, I mean, just unbelievably good at doing the recordings, isn't he? He's just, I mean, you know, I was expecting him to be really good at it, but I, he's just, you know, over the top good, isn't he? It's, it's a, bit, a bit crazy. And hey, guys, today, so I haven't thought about narrative for this, but I was just thinking about, so I was thinking about Clash of Kings UK. So uh, today I was fiddling with my list. So I've, I've, I've got a 2,300 points list. Can I, do you mind if I run you through it quickly? Two regiments of Void Touch mutants which are 230 points. And then one's got the Mead of Madness, which gives it an extra bit of wild charge. So well, these are uh, crazy monsters from the Void. So they're speed seven, hit on threes in melee, low defense, but they've got 20 attacks. So they're a kind of glass cannon, you know, type unit. I've then got three uh, regiments, the small unit of, um, oh, sorry, three troops of bound phantoms, which are flying ghosty things. Again, only defense four, but speed 10, fly, nimble, stealthy, fearless 12. Um, So they're expensive at 100 points for chaff, but really amazingly good chaff i've then got two hordes of and and by the way sorry guys a big part of this was 
how can I pack this to take it on an aeroplane? I've got two hordes of the Impalers. So what? Well, these are only Speed 5, but they're Melee 3 with Elite, and they've got Big Shield, which means from the front they've got Defense 6, and in the side mm. they've only got Defense 4. But mm. as long as I keep everything to the front of me, they're going to, you know, they've only got um, Crushing Strength 1, so they don't do loads and loads of damage, but I think they'll... They'll grind. I think that's the idea. That's my that's my anvil. You know, that's my the shield of my army. You know, so I'll plonk them in the middle and try and direct all the traffic towards them, and then just mm. hopefully they'll stick in there. I've then got the bound mind screech with the planar apparition upgrade. So this has got radiance of light waltz, life waltz. So it's um, anything I think within six inches of it. Um, heals one wound every single mm. round which i think potentially could be super powerful and mm. they've got heal seven which is you know so defense six with a lot of heal sounds like a tough nut to crack you know and then um from talking to clem the other day i've got two bound terrors which are a titan and it's basically they're only speed six which is one of their downsides only defense four but it's this sort of gribbly monster only crushing strength one but it's got ensnare and the crazy thing is it's got rampage eight so against infantry they're going to be doing 20 attacks um and that just sounds horrible they've got strider as well so they're not going to be they're going to be hitting on threes probably so i've got two of those so they're they're there to just be horrible weird monsters to just delete infantry you know units of infantry i think that would be really nasty so i think i'll keep them but in the middle the way i'd beat that list is i would shoot off the phantoms first because once they're gone you can pick and choose what you're gonna kill yeah because yeah. the terrors have got ensnare the impalers have got big shield you rock hard to the front but there's only so much front you can cover anything fast is going to get right round your back and as soon as it you take it up the bum, you're dead. So this is actually this is that's a great point because I had a Gordrake in the list, but I which was sort of my redundancy because that's a fly speed eight thing. Um, Gordrake would be fantastic backline. That's what exactly what I was is, thinking. But as soon as I something comes it. around the side, then you've got a 16 inch charge range of threat to stop them coming into that bubble. So that'll protect your flanks a bit more. So maybe yeah, maybe I dropped so because it's. I'm, I'm struggling for unlocks so yeah maybe i drop one of the terrors to take a godrick but anyway i'll finish off the list and we can just have a quick little chat i've got a navigator who's got the legacy of oscan which means every every round i get to pick um do they have stealthy or whatever i get to pick a get to pick a bubble of of really powerful um thing and then i've got the two named characters lathiel blackheart who is a spellcaster who's really scary. Um, she's she's the only thing I've got with Bane Chant, which is important, but she's got yeah. Enthrall and Windblast, so you can play dirty tricks with the moving the enemy's units around, but it also wounds as well, which is super powerful. And then, I'll be honest, maybe I could lose him, but he's so cool, is Mikhail. I've got the model for him painted up. He's so, so cool. So he's 235 points, and maybe that's what I drop to fit in the Gordrake, actually, to be honest. But he's just a, a, a brilliant model, really thematic. He's just this big, scary dude riding a nightmare with dread and all sort of very inspiring and the Sword of Umbra and all the special rules in the world. Yeah. Take him because he's fun. 
<laughs> yeah, that's he's so cool. You know, he's so so cool, and he's doing load of attacks against. Um, uh, I think it's against titans or heroes and things like that. So he specialises. Because you don't have a lot of crushing that'll come in very handy. Yeah, right. But maybe I drop him to fit in the Gore Drake to give me a bit of redundancy. Because I love the idea of having two terrors. I think, and also I've got two terrors paint. I've painted them up already, and they fit in the case very nicely as well. If I'm honest. Yeah. yeah cool. So there we go. So. um there's just in the Twilight Kin list, there's too many good things you want to fit in the list. It's a very compact list. Um I think you will get outmaneuvered, but what you do get stuck in that grind, you'll probably kill. Um Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll lose to a good player, but I'll lose to a good player anyway, so that's you know, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know what I'm taking to clash yet. It, what I can be bothered to paint in the meantime. <laughs> that's I'm, I'm not worried about Danny, this. honestly. <laughs> if I can be bothered to paint something, I will. Well, I get bored quite easily. I've, I've just done a load of undead. I've got some basilians I want to paint. I'm doing my halflings really nicely. Uh, weirdly, I'm painting an old orc shaman from like 1992 <laughs> that I've had waiting around for ages. A couple of Lord of the Rings figures just for a, a palette change. Uh, so, and uh, I've got my vermin. Uh, I've got a firefight tournament at the start of March, so I need to finish some plague zombies for that. Um, oh, very cool. And, uh, I had a brilliant idea about getting some dwarf plastics and the vermin have got the big mining drills. So I thought listening to Jeff Trace uh, from Clash of Kings who won it, he's like talking about the battle drillers. I was like, I had a brilliant idea. I can make some of them. So uh, I might take dwarves to the one in March and there's an Armada tournament in March as well. I might try and get to so fun stuff coming up. So uh, I'm going to see what I can. It's nice having a tournament coming up because you're like, Oh, fancy something new, so I'm going to force myself to get on the case. Yeah, the Clash of Kings is years away, so I'll worry about that then. <laughs> Do you try and get to a tournament a month, Danny? Because it seems like you go to a lot of tournaments, right? Well, I don't have any local gamers, though. Weirdly, now the old worlds come back. Everybody's like, I'm just getting into Kings of War, and there's been loads of people on Fnatic, and two of them were like, anybody in the Surrey area? I was like, me, 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 me. So. I've Already organised a game with a uh, one fella in a couple of weeks when he gets himself sorted. Um, but yeah, otherwise I just go to a tournament because all my gaming friends are at tournaments now because I've been doing so many. I know everyone. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's just going to see your, your friends. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, so try for one tournament a month. Just about keeps me going. Um, at, at some point, I've got to make the um, what's it called? The Bournemouth one that's coming up. Uh, Beachhead. Beachhead, yeah, I've got to make that because I, I think it's literally like 20 minutes from my parents' house. It's just me getting to my parents' house that's the issue, in fairness. But um, yeah, it's uh, that's yeah, really I, good. We've got loads of great ones in the southeast. We've got Tabletop Republic puts on two or three a year. Um, Hi, uh, Hemel Hempstead, the Kings of Hearts guys, put on a couple a year. Um, the Shroud of the Reapers at the big London LGT. And they put on an extra couple of tournaments a year. We've got some down in Brighton. We've got tournament games down in Poole. Um, yeah, we're absolutely swamped down in the southeast. So, oh, Banbury as well. Um, Cybrand's doing Dead Zone and uh, Kings of War. Uh, Todd, with that doppelganger army, he's got 40 players signed up for War of the Roses now in October. Um, and once a year, I try and get up to the Northern Kings GT because that's not too far from my parents. So there's a lot of two-dayers this year, but it's uh, shaping up to be a good fun one. Fantastic. Sometimes I can't even get to them all. <laughs> <laughs> really exciting. Fantastic. Yeah. So just as we were talking there, guys, I've just dropped uh, Mikhail from my list and I've put the 
I've put the Gordrake in. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think, Danny, I need that as redundancy to be a sort of a line, a second line. Otherwise, I'm just going to get surrounded and picked off, I think. So that's, yeah, perfect. Hmm, there we go. It'll do pretty much the same job as Mikhail, but he's not anywhere near as much points. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> oh, but no, now I've only got one source of inspiring Oh, no, no, okay, no, no, my navigator's got inspiring talisman. I've got two, it's t- two sources of inspiring. That seems low for a 2000. You'll need one with your void mutants, and then you'll need one behind your impalers. Yes, in the main terror. line. Yeah, yeah. Super. Guys, it's been a lot of fun talking. Is there anything anything we want to say before we wrap up the episode? No, thanks for that. I had a lot of fun. And um, we'll come back and do it again shortly, I hope. And dear listener, you know, if you've been doing this yourself, get in touch. Get in touch. We'd love to hear your stories as well, uh, quite honestly. Yeah. Right. You show us. Yeah. Make an effort. Write your list. Add some extra narrative into it or do a full background story. It doesn't matter where you are on that. Like I say that line from narrative gamer to uh, competitive gamer. Everywhere's on that sliding scale somewhere. And just even if it's a little bit, just show us what you got. and. Cool. Completely right. Train thought there. What was the no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm slowly sinking down in my chair. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, 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 no. We just, we just. Uh, yeah, a big part of doing this is trying to. Well, firstly, having fun ourselves, but also just trying to encourage the dear listener to to enjoy this as well because this is we're having a lot of fun. You know, have fun with us and join in. Super. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chris. No problem, guys. Have a lot of fun, and I'll see you next time on Counter. Oh, no, that's the other podcast, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> thanks, Danny. <laughs> on the do 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 do